This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. start a sermon series that's going to be very different than a sermon series that I've done before. We're going to look at Holy Week. Would you go with me to Matthew chapter 21? We'll begin reading in verse 1, and I'm reading out of the New American Standard. The scripture should be on your screen. Gospel of Matthew says, when they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he'll send them. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, a gentleman mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of the burden. Then the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them and brought the donkey and the colt and laid their coats on them, and he sat on the coats. Most of the crowd spread their coats on the road, and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. The crowds gathered ahead of him, going ahead of him, and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. I want us to walk through this for a couple moments. Um, This won't last very long for you today, so hang with me. I promise you need to hear the end of this. Jesus and his disciples have just made a journey. They've made a journey to Jerusalem, and it's believed from kind of where they were coming from to where they were going. It's about a 15-mile journey that they've traveled. It's a 15-mile journey, and most of it is uphill. They've ascended 3,500 foot to make it to Jerusalem. They've made this journey and they're entering into the city and uh, they've just come from a place where they raised Lazarus from the dead and there's this crowd that begins to gather around. Jesus, as they're about to go in, sends two disciples out. He says, hey, go into the city. Just go into the gate. You're going to find donkeys there. They're going to be tied in the city and in the street. Grab one of them, bring them to me. And when somebody asks what you need, why you're taking the donkeys, just say, hey, the Lord needs them. So they went and they did exactly what he said. They showed back up, as the scripture said. They show back up with the donkeys. Uh, the New American Standard says that, uh, describes this as a mother and her colt, a young donkey. And they show back up, throw their garments, their coats over the donkeys. And Jesus sat on the donkeys and he begins to ride into town with this parade of people as people are throwing their garments onto the street and cutting down branches and laying down before him. They're honoring him. They're recognizing his kingship. They realize that he is the king of the Jews. They realize he's a Messiah. They realize he's coming to save them. They begin to cry out, Hosanna to God in the highest. Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's interesting to see how the writers actually break down this prophecy being fulfilled. It's important to note that 
in verse 4, leading into verse 5, to, uh, this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. Verse 5 says, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming. That portion actually comes from Isaiah. The second part of that actually comes from Zechariah. Isaiah 62, 11 says, The Lord has sent this message to every land. Tell the people of Israel, Look, your Savior is coming. He brings his reward with him as he comes. Then Zechariah is where the second half of that comes from. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 says, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He's righteous and victorious, yet humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. It's interesting to me that Matthew actually cuts out a line of that prophecy. He doesn't tell us. If you go back and look, he says, um, Your king is coming, gentle, mounted on a donkey, even the colt of a foal, the beast of the burden. He said, here comes the king. He's humble, riding on a donkey of the donkey's colt. He never says he's righteous and victorious. Matthew's detailed. Matthew's given us a very detailed account. He knows the scripture. He didn't accidentally leave out the part about Christ being victorious. The problem is, up until this point, the passion has not taken place. They've not seen Christ be victorious over death in the grave. We have to make sure we're keeping this in context. There's a couple notes. Jesus... As they show up, uh, they come into the city, and the people are crying out, Hosanna. Hosanna's an important word. I took a quick survey around the room of some of our leadership this morning, and I just asked the question, what does Hosanna mean? And it's no fault to them, because you and I and them and most other people have been raised to believe Hosanna is a praise word. It's a word giving praise to God, Hosanna to God, glory in the highest. And that's very true, but there's more to that word than praise. Hosanna is a Greek term. The New Living Translation actually translate that Greek term to praise be to God or praise God. But that's not really a, an accurate translation. Hosanna in the original Greek means save us. Save now. It's a cry. It's a command. Save us. So they're crying out to God and they're saying, save us, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Glory, Hosanna in the highest. Save us. Come now. Save us. They're recognizing who he is, his kingship. They're recognizing they're in need of a savior. I want to read Psalm 118, verses 24 through 28. I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. You know the first part of this verse. We quote it so commonly, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. But typically we don't keep reading because when we keep reading, it says, please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, give us success. That phrase is the same phrase that's summed up in Hosanna. We could just, we, we could intertwine those words. Yeah, this is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Hosanna, Lord. They're saying, please, Lord, save us. Give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God shining upon us. Take the sacrifice and bind it with cords on the altar. You are my God. I'll praise you. You're my God and I'll exalt you. Hosanna is an interesting word. Before we make it to the place where they're crying out, we see the donkey. The gospel of Mark tells us that the donkey had never been ridden. I remember, and I've told this story before, the school that I used to go to, the school that I grew up in, we used to have fundraisers all the time. Some of them were 
absolutely crazy. Some of them were aggravating. Some of them were uh, very sales-driven. You go door-to-door knocking on doors trying to get people to buy magazines. You try to sell candy. There's all these crazy prizes, and you think, I need this prize, and you have to work, 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 and, and your mama buys uh, $200 worth of candy, so you get a little sticky frog that sticks on the wall. It makes no sense whatsoever. But there's a fundraiser that always took place, and it was donkey basketball. I don't know if you've ever seen this or not, but you see grown human beings put on a helmet, get on the back of a donkey. There's no bit in this donkey's mouth. They've got a halter. They've got a rope tied around the halter. And they're trying to dribble a basketball while riding down the court on the back of a donkey to make the ball in the goal. You can about imagine that there's some serious liability waivers involved in that fundraiser. It doesn't work. The donkeys are stubborn. They don't want to be ridden. They don't want to do anything. They sure enough don't want you on their back trying to make them get a basketball from one end of the court to the other. And Mark tells us that this donkey that these disciples went to go grab had never been ridden before. It's interesting to me that Jesus, before they ever approached the town, he sends them ahead. He said, hey, there's a donkey in the street. Go get it. If anybody says anything, just tell them I want it. Come on back. I see something that is very important in Scripture. See, God's going to use whatever means necessary to get his message to his people. Even a donkey that's never been ridden before. I don't know that, I hope that you've accepted Christ into your life. And I hope that maybe somebody preached a message to you, maybe somebody give you an encouraging word. That person was just a donkey. That person was just somebody to carry Jesus to you. And what I've learned is in my walk of ministry, in my journey of life is everywhere God needs to get a message from one place to another, he's got a donkey already destined in place. The donkey don't have to have experience. The donkey don't have to to be uh, obedient. The donkey don't have to to know how to get from one place to another. The donkey just has to be willing to be led uh, by somebody and be willing to carry Jesus. I'm thankful to be a donkey, to be quite honest with you, that I get to deliver the message of the gospel. God's always got a plan in place to get his word and his message from one place to another. There's always a way to carry Jesus. The donkey had never been ridden. It's all laid out beforehand. We talked about in a small group on Thursday night, there was a statement made by Pastor J.D. Greer, who's leading this Connect group, who were following his material. He said, has it ever dawned on you that nothing's ever dawned on God? Let that sink in for a moment. Has it ever dawned on you that nothing has ever dawned on God? That means that way back when, years prior to Jesus showing up to go into the city of Jerusalem, God had set up and ordained a donkey to be born. And not only be born, but to be to the right owner and to be put in the right place so that when the disciples show up and say, hey, I'm headed out of town. Who needs it? The Lord needs it. Okay, sure, just go right ahead. God's ordained every act of life. What's that have to do with anything at all in this moment? It tells me that 
the life crisis we're living in the middle of hasn't taken God by surprise. Let's go back to Hosanna. Hosanna's a cry. The people are crying out, God, save us. Bring us redemption. Bring us forgiveness. Save us. We need freedom. Jesus makes his way on into the city. And it becomes really interesting to me. Because this is what it means for us. This is a very simple 11 verses of scripture telling us about the moments of Jesus entering into the city. Prophecies being fulfilled. Jesus has already determined the place he's going to be crucified. These people are all excited. Well, one gospel tells us that the people have witnessed Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. They've seen the miracles. They realize he's all powerful. They realize he has authority. Crying out, laying down their coats before him, laying down their palm branches before him as he enters in. But what about us? What does it mean for us? See, these were the same people. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're crying out crucified. These people that recognize the need for a Savior. The people crying out for salvation. Praising God. Hosanna was a, a jubilee type praise. But you need to know the context. Save us, God. You're worthy. You're powerful. You have the ability to save us. Save us, Lord. And then five days later, they're the ones yelling out, crucified. See, I thought about you and I through this process. Jesus is trying to make a triumphant entry into our life. Maybe he already has. Maybe, maybe you've been a, saint for a long time and Jesus entered your life 70 years ago maybe this is something that's more new for you I saw something that challenged me the other day a friend of mine his wife had a, a moment of revelation we're crying out in prayer our whole nation our president our leaders are encouraging us to pray and there's people praying that have no relationship with the Father whatsoever. His word tells us if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, I'd come and I'd heal their land. We're fast to quote that scripture, but do we realize how many people are sending up prayers to the Father that have no relationship with the Father? Prayer's a privilege. Prayer is a privilege to the children. My kids have direct access to me because I'm their father. It's my job to give them number one priority. It's my job to be in connection with them when I'm not connected with anybody else. 
they have the privilege of coming directly to me. And I do my best, and many times, if you've had a conversation with me, and you've been standing there talking to me, and one of my babies runs up, very rarely will I tell them, hang on or go away. I'm much more likely to say, excuse me, and I turn my attention. Because they have a privilege to come to the Father. Jesus is making this triumphant entry into the city. I hope and pray he's made a triumphant entry into your life. The word said humbly, lowly, riding on a donkey, yet righteous and victorious. Matthew couldn't put that in his gospel. He couldn't say Jesus came in righteous and victorious. Jesus at that point had showed them no victory. You and I have seen the victory. Therefore, I can tell you that he came into my life humbly but victorious. And when he came in, my heart's crying out, save me, God. Save me, Lord. Save us now. I'm commanding. Coming on the wings of praise, realizing I'm in need of a Savior and that God is almighty. I'm worshiping him as I'm, as I'm making this plea, save me, Lord. He makes his way in. And then so many times you and I go from crying, save us today, to crucify him tomorrow. Because we cry out with our mouth, save now, Hosanna, son of David, glory to God in the highest, Hosanna. We cry that with our mouth, but our actions are yelling out, crucify him. See, we've got to make it through the rest of this week. And we're going to step into this a little deeper. But as I thought about this Palm Sunday and the revelation of Hosanna, I hope you've learned something today. You cry Hosanna and it's a worship, it's a praise term, but it's not a normal uh, praise term that you would, you would hear, that you would think of regularly. That is crying out to God. God, I worship you. I praise your name. I lay everything I am down before you. You make your way as I make a path before you to go. You make your way through my life. I praise you, but I need salvation. I thought about you and I, and I thought about this situation we're living in, and I, th I thought about the things we're witnessing, the things we're seeing unfold as, as history plays out before our very eyes. I don't know of any other time in history ever that we've needed to cry out Hosanna more than right now. We better cry out Hosanna. And I want to challenge you that as you cry Hosanna today with your mouth on this Palm Sunday, that you don't yell crucify him tomorrow. You remain faithful. He just raised Lazarus from the dead. Not one day dead, not two day dead, not three day dead, but four days dead, stinking in a tomb. He's raised up Lazarus. I see the miracle. I see the goodness of God. Hosanna. I recognize you as king. But see, then the glory fades. We don't remain connected. 
and then we're yelling crucified. And as Jesus has made his way into the very temple of our life, the very city gates of our life, you and I once were crying Hosanna, but now our actions are crucifying the Lord. Maybe you've never accepted Christ. Maybe you are clueless to this conversation. I hope that this video finds its way in front of somebody that don't know the Lord whatsoever. And you recognize today that God is powerful, that he loves you. He's not trying to come in and, and completely mess up your life and change your world in a way that destroys you. He comes in lowly, humbly on a donkey, but righteous and victorious. Is he going to change your life? Is he going to mess up your life? Yeah. But he's going to make it so much better. If you've never accepted Jesus into your life today, today's an awesome day for you to do that. Maybe it's a day you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Today's an awesome day for you to do that. Maybe you've allowed him to come in and make his entry into your life and you cried Hosanna. You recognize he's the king. You believed in your heart. You confessed with your mouth. Maybe that took place for you one point in time in your life, but now your life has been a place that you've lived out this crying out, crucify him. Well, how does that happen? Well, it happens by our actions. We, we begin to step out of the will of God. We begin to step into things that, that are not holy, that are not pure, that are not things of God. That is crucifying the, the spirit of God within us. Maybe you've accepted him, but now your lifestyle doesn't reflect Hosanna, but it, it reflects crucify. Today's an awesome day for you to fix that. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm even going to lead you in a prayer in a moment. But if you don't know the Lord, you can pray that with me right there out loud, wherever you're at. It can't be empty words. The word tells us that as long as you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. It's that simple. There's no other religion that is as simple as, our, as Christianity, as our, what we believe. You don't have to earn it. You can't, you can't deserve it. You can't do good enough works to get salvation. You can't earn your way into heaven. All it is, you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you're saved. It's just that easy. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your son. Today I cry out, Hosanna. God, in these completely chaotic moments of life, people are sitting at home and they've lost their jobs, Father. Their income is, has been changed. The kids are driving them up the walls. The uncertainty of life, Father, is consuming. And it would want to bring about fear. But God, as a child of the one true king, I can walk through this season without fear. God, and I pray for your people today that they would cry out Hosanna. In a time now more than ever, Father, we cry Hosanna. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna, God, blesses you as you come in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. Father, we lay ourselves down before you, God. We lay down our possessions. The things that would clothe us, Father, the things that would cover us up, that we want to, to hide ourselves with, Father, we lay those down before you today recognizing you're king of our life. God, I pray that as we cry Hosanna today, that tomorrow we wouldn't cry out crucify with our actions. Father, if there's one today that's listening to the sound of my voice, that's watched this service, they've made it this far with us, God, I pray 
that you would work in their heart right now. They feel something they've never felt before, that they would feel a love for you. Just this week, we had a testimony of somebody receiving salvation. Got on Thursday morning, that's a part of this church family, that she told me this morning she feels totally different. She's not the same. She doesn't have the same urges anymore. The weight of the world has been lifted off her shoulders. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name, you give that to somebody as we pray this prayer. If that's you today and you want to accept Jesus, you can just repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I've messed up, but you can make me whole. God, you gave your life and now I give you mine. Come into my heart and make me new. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on a cross for my sin. And now I'm confessing with my mouth that I believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Maybe you're here today, you're watching, and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you're living in a way where your, your mouth is, is crying out, Hosanna, but your actions are crying out, crucify him. Maybe you just got distracted, the fog of life. You forgot the miracle. You forgot God's victorious over your life. And you need to give yourself back to him today. This is a perfect opportunity for you to do that. If you just ask him, give yourself to him. Ask him to come back in into a new way as you lay yourself down before him. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person that's listening under the sound of my voice, God, whether it's now, whether it's 15 years from now. Your Holy Spirit, God, your presence is timeless. It knows no bounds of time. Father, and I pray your presence be right there in the middle of that room. God, I pray you begin to work in people's hearts. God, let us stay focused. God, we're about to have our very first Easter service for the majority of everybody's life that's not in a church house. God, I pray we remain focused. God, that we remain completely in tune with the fact that you're king, you're Lord of lords, and we need a savior. Let us not forget the miracles you've done in our life. Father, I pray blessings over your people. God, those that have joined us today, I pray that you would bless them, you bless their homes. Father, I pray for safety. I pray for good health. Father, I pray for financial provision, Lord. You're not gonna let us go without. You're not gonna let us be hungry. I thank you for that, Father. I thank you, Lord, for this beautiful time we've had together. In Jesus' name, amen.